Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Whenever I first got up here, we didn't bring the horses because it was in the dead of winter. It was about March 15th of uh, three years ago, and I didn't want to kill my horses. They had already slicked off and everything down in Texas. Of course, they never grew no hair anyway. And um, so anyway, it was a while before we got our horses, and when we were living here, there was a fellow that had some horses out there where we were staying, and he kept telling me over and over and over, he said, hey, man, I got those two gray horses down there. You and your family, y'all are welcome to ride any time, any time. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he said, yeah, that big gray over there, he's called Texas. And I was like, well, that sounds pretty good right there. And the other one is a kid horse. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this kid horse. The words kid horse with the words Arabian and the word mare do not need to go together. (laughs) If you are an Arabian person, God bless you. You've been given a gift of putting up with that. I knew better. I, well, you know what? I really don't. I think it was a mare. I don't know. It might have been a gildan. It was ambidextrous. And um, that's the right word for that, right? We're, we're, Dave will probably correct me if, if that's wrong. No, not really. This was a mare. And so one day we're out there, man. It's beautiful Colorado. It's probably May or something, you know, starting to warm up. Oh, Griffin, he comes up to me. He's like, hey, Dad, let's go ride. Oh, like, all right, cowboy. You want to go ride? Yes, sir. All right, let's go. So we headed down to the barn, and we chased Texas and Sky around 40 acres and finally get them caught and everything and get them saddled up. And we get out there, and there's like this big, big pen. I mean, it's like probably, you know, you put like five arenas together. It was a big pen. And um, so anyway, we're out there, and I get Griffin saddled up kind of, well, I got on the Arabian mare kid horse. You know, that's like saying I've got a pet venomous rattlesnake. <laughs> so I get on, you know, and the stirrups hit me about my knees, you know, and nothing, horse doesn't do anything. So I'm like, oh, that's probably all right. So I put Griffin up there. You okay, kid? Oh, yeah. And the, get, this kid has no fear, no fear whatsoever. So I climb on Texas, and Texas tries to buck me off all the way back to Texas. And Griffin, you see, the, the cowboy culture we celebrate our wrecks. If it doesn't have a bucking horse in it or somebody getting hurt and possibly killed, brought back from the dead, it's just not that great of a story. You never hear a cowboy story that like, yeah, man, we saddled up that morning and we went and we gathered all the cattle and then we got home. <laughs> what happened? Well, that's what happened. Well, that's stupid. Why did you tell me that? And so I get on Texas and I mean, I, I mean, I no more get my right foot in the start. Hey, here we go. Nah, he wasn't bucking that hard because he's big and fat. And so anyway, I kind of rode him out, and Griffin's like, yeah, Dad, you nearly got bucked off. I was like, shoot, kid. Talking to the man. So I was like, let's go. So we kind of walked around a little while. Before I knew it, before we had made it one circumference of this big pen, that horse had tried to buck me off seven times. Now, he didn't have no heart. You could just, I tried to fork him through the lung. He didn't like that. And it was, he figured out really quick whenever he bucked and he had about this much spur tried to run through him that he was like, okay, it's a lot easier for me just to behave. 
But we got around there, and we got the buck out of Texas and everything, so we started riding around. And, you know, there's just something magical about a father and a son. Just, I mean, it was probably about 5.30 in the evening, just gorgeous, gorgeous. And we're riding along, and I was like, well, I think it's time to kick it up a little bit. So we got into a trot and kind of trotted around there. And no Texas, he was like, man, I really want to try to buck you off again, but I'm not going to. And you know how they start swishing their tails and pinning their ears and everything like that. And Griffin's still laughing at me. And so anyway, we trot around for a little while. We walk around. We're just visiting, man. It's cool, cool. So we're going along there. And I, he said, let's lope, Dad. Yeah, let's lope. So I... Here we go. So we start loping on Texas, and he starts loping on Sky. Tried not to say a bad word. And uh, he was loping on Sky. And we're going along there, and, and, you know, there's just horses that are just natural followers. And Griffin really couldn't get that horse up next to mine. He just wanted to, you know, trail ride right behind old Texas and everything. We made it around there. And then there was a sound that will make a father's heart stop. Every cowboy knows it. It is a sound that they can pick up on from a dead sleep, and it's the, it's the sound of a pitching horse. And I'm loping along there, and you can hear the feet hitting, and I look back, and Griffin's, he's just, he's doing good. Just, nah, 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 here we go. And I look back, and we're riding along there, and I hear it. You can hear it hit the ground. And I turned around. Now, this horse, you know, if it would have been Sean or Ty or me or anything, it wouldn't have been, you know, that big of a deal. But it wasn't half-hearted. This horse bogged its head and was bucking and everything. And I remember I turned around, and, you know, your heart just kind of stops and everything because there's, you know, some. it's not pretty ground. <laughs> you know, it's not the soft arena filled with marshmallows, <laughs> cream puff. And I remember I turned around, and I hollered at him, and I said, I said, Griffin, hang, just hang on, son. You're okay. And I mean, this horse, and I mean, he, he doesn't really know what to do. And so I'm just trying to give a lot of moral support before I can get there and kill that son of a gun. <laughs> and so I'm trying to turn old Texas around, and you know, bucking is contagious, if you didn't know that. <laughs> Texas turns around and says, well, crap, I didn't know we could do this again. <laughs> and so I'm trying to give helpful, friendly advice to my nine-year-old son that's his horse is trying to buck him off. And I'm like, hang on, son, do this. And I tried to kill that horse. I was like, get his feet moving, get his feet moving, get his feet moving. And Griffin, I mean, you know, his old legs was hitting that horse about this far below his spine. He can't job him, you know. I mean, he, and everything. And I'm like, keep him moving, get him moving, get him moving. And I'm looking over, and I'm like, you couldn't have bucked me off right now if you tried. And everything. And I over and undered him right into the nether region with a set of split reins, and he didn't like that at all. And everything. Well, you know, he didn't really understand. It was just an amen. It's all right. Um, it's hard to understand when a horse starts pitching with you that you want to keep the horse's feet moving. And let me illustrate this concept to you if you don't really, if that sounds counterproductive. You want, you know, most people, they just want to pull the horse up and stop it. Well, if I took a baseball bat and I ran full speed and tried to hit you with it, you know, you're not going to get a lot accomplished. But if you stop and rear back, that's what a horse is like. You want to get their feet moving because they can't buck real good the faster their feet are moving. So I was telling Griffin, just hang on, son, get his feet moving. Kick him, kick him. Finally, Sky quits, you know, after about five or six jumps. And after I 
whooped him in the in the nether region with a set of reins. Texas, he gave it plumb up. And we stopped, finally. I mean, we went about halfway around this pen before I let Griffin stop. And when we stopped, this poor kid, I don't know who had bigger tears in their eyes, him or me. It scared him. Now, he had had some little kind of crow hops and, you know, swishing of the tail and everything. But this was the first time that a horse had truly tried to buck him off. And, I mean, he was, he was being tough. I mean, he was giving it his all. And I ain't never been more proud of that kid than right at that moment. And he said, now, he goes, he goes, Dad, he said, now that we're done, he said, I'd like to get off. And I said, I said, Griffin, don't be scared. Don't be scared now. It's over. There is no point in being scared now because you're okay. He's like, I know, I know. He said, but I'd, I'd like to get off. And I said, Griffin, you can't, son. Now, I'm going to give you the choice. And I said, but you are scared right now. You did a great job of hanging on. And I said, but what you need to do for more reasons than you can possibly understand at nine years old, you need to follow your daddy around this pen one more time. He said, Dad, I'd re- can, I, can I just get off? And I said, Griffin, just follow me around. Everything will be fine. I promise you. Okay. Boy, he sucked it up. You know, there was a big old knot in his throat. He's trying not to cry in front of his daddy. His daddy's so proud of him. His daddy's trying not to bawl and squall. And it hurt me to have to make my son go around one more time in spite of that fear. I wanted to hold that kid, but I knew I knew that he was at a magical point in his life and he needed to ride on past that fear. And so sure enough, we rode around one more time and I said, how you doing? He said, I'm good. And he, and he was, he was good by now. And I said, well, you ready to, you ready to call it a day? And he said, now let's go ahead and go around one more time. Well, Mo Hart was about this big and I was like, you bet. So we went around one more time and he, on the way back, he said, Dad, how come you made me go around one more time? And I said, well, Griffin, you have to learn it. You have to overcome that fear, number one. But number two, that horse just tried to buck you off. And kid, it wasn't, I mean, it tried to buck you off. And I said, if you would have got off and quit right then, the next time you'd have come and rode this horse, then he would have known that all it had to do is buck, and then you would get off. And I said, it would be detrimental training for both of you. That just because you got scared that you can get off and that all that horse has to do is throw a fit and you'll get off. He goes, well, yeah, I can see that. So we made it over to the pens and we stripped the tack off and put it in the saddle shed and wiped the horses down and put them in there and, and fed them. I put a little antifreeze in there. No, I didn't do that. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, we fed them good and everything like that. And I told Griffin, I said, man, it's just part of cowboy. It's just the way it goes. He was a little bit quiet as we were finishing up. And he said, you know, Dad, we ought not tell Mom about this. <laughs> and I said, why is that, son? He said, Ye- well, you know how mamas can be. He said, she'll probably get scared and she'll get worried every time I want to go ride. And sometimes it's better if maybe you just keep it between the boys. I said, that is just right, kid. I said, I'm super proud of you. He said, thanks, Dad. And we got in the truck and we went to the house. In John chapter 8, starting in verse 31, Jesus is talking to a bunch of fellers, and he says, 31 says, to the Jews who had believed him, what Jesus had been saying, Jesus told them, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. 
Jesus said, if you hang on to what I'm teaching you, then you are my disciples. You ain't a disciple if you just, like, listen to it and go, oh, yeah, I agree with that, and then you just go on about your business. Jesus said, if you hold tight, if you hang on to my teachings, then you are my disciples. There are a lot of us, me included, that we can talk about a nine-year-old little boy and we can celebrate him, but you know what? That little nine-year-old boy had more courage than sometimes his 23-year-old daddy has had. Boy, whenever life comes at us and, and, and life blows up on us, man, a lot of times we don't hang on and keep moving. We bail off. I had a buddy of mine one time in Fort Stockton. that They, got, they wasn't cowboys. They didn't pretend to be cowboys or nothing. They just wanted a horse, so they got them a, a horse. He come to church on Sunday, and he's like, hey, man. He said, we had a problem with that horse we bought. I said, well, yeah, what happened? He said, man, my son got on that horse, and it took off. We had this mulberry tree in the front yard, and it was going to run him right under that mulberry tree. And he said, it had caught him right here, and he had to bail off. And I was like, you kidding me? And he's like, no. And I said, well, dadgum, maybe we need to get that horse fixed with it running off and everything. He goes, do what? And I said, well, you said that he got on the horse, run off, and was going to run under a tree. He goes, oh, it was just walking. And I said, well, how far away from the tree did he bail off? He said, about 50 or 60 feet. I said, so let me get this straight. Your son gets on the horse. The horse starts walking toward a tree that's 50 feet away, and he bails off at a dead walk. He said, yeah, pretty much. You know what? We can laugh about that, but how many times have we all done that? Man, at the first hint that there might be a problem, do we hang on and keep moving? No, we bail off at a dead walk. Whoa, ain't no way. You know what? When we talk about when Jesus says, hold on to my teachings, if you hold on to my teachings, you are my disciple. Jesus told us, man, you got to hang on to me. Hang on to my promises and keep moving forward you know what god can't work with you standing still any worse or any better than sean or ty or jared or anybody can work with a horse that is standing still there's only so much you can do without a horse's feet moving and there's only so much that god can do with every one of us if we are stuck in place and bailing off at a dead walk every time the smallest or biggest problem introduces itself we have got to get into God's Word, we got to hang on, and we got to keep moving. Even if we have to spur ourselves, if we have to spur each other. If you see a buddy, just like Ty was talking about being abandoned, man, if you see somebody on the ground, wait there, don't run off and leave him. Pick a brother up, make sure he's back on. we got to hang on. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching... You are really my disciples. We ain't talking about just learning something. Hey, pastor, that was a good sermon. I ain't going to do a stinking thing you talked about, but I thought it was a pretty good sermon. You know that thing that you're going through right now? That real tough thing? Bear down, cowboy. Hang on and keep moving. Quit bailing off at a dead walk. It's one of Jesus' core teachings. He said, man, hold tight. Jesus never told you that there wouldn't be problems. He said you're going to have problems. The world is going to hate you. He said if they hated me, they're going to hate you. It's going to happen, folks. And I don't, I don't care what that TV preacher told you about you coming to Jesus and everything's just going to be fine and everything's going to be rosy and skittle, you know, French kissing unicorns. It ain't going to happen. It's going to be a rough ride. But you know what? You can get through it. 
you tough enough. Hang on and keep moving. Did you know what Jesus' most often repeated command? In one verse, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I have commanded. Do you know what the number one most often repeated command of Christ was in some form or fashion? Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Not the enemy at all. Don't be afraid. Whatever the case is. And you know what? It's hard because a lot of times, just like Griffin was, the bad parts already happen, and then we get scared and quit. We have got to find the courage to keep going. We have got to find the ability to hold tight that God said, you know what? I don't care what's happening. Don't be afraid. You need to put your faith and trust in me. I'll get you through it. I'll get you through it. But how many times, man, and I guarantee you guys, that devil, he'll cause a problem. And if that don't fix it, man, he will inundate you with fear. He'll go to mashing on you. He'll be sending thoughts into you. You'll be thinking some crazy, crazy stuff before too long. Don't, and I'm not saying that you're, that all of a sudden we're going to be like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not scared anymore. No, that's not it. Did you know that courage, right there, the very first one, courage cannot exist in the absence of fear? Because if you're not scared, you can't have courage. Courage is, like John Wayne said, being scared to death and saddling up anyway. I know kids. Isn't it amazing? Have you ever seen a kid? Griffin, whenever he was a little boy, and that kid had no fear. We had a rock, cement, flagstone porch. That kid could barely walk across level carpet without falling flat on his face. He'd head for them steps, full speed. Christy would shriek, ah! dive after him, sacrifice herself. The kid had no fear whatsoever. Isn't it funny that Jesus said, unless you become like little children, you will never inherit the kingdom of God. Isn't it amazing how I think we were made, not perfect in, in the godly sense, but man, we have so much faith. We have so little fear. We have so much trust whenever we're little and then something happens and suddenly we spend the rest of our lives worried and afraid and panicked. Anxiety rules us. Jesus says, man, you got to be like that little kid over there. Don't be scared. Whenever you're going through, whether you're going through it right now, whether you've been through it already, or you're fixing to go through it, I guarantee you every single person in here, unless you're a liar, is going through something. And the first thing you need to do is just hang on and keep moving. Quit stopping. Just the second something goes wrong, don't stop. The second thing you've got to do is have courage. You can be, and I'm not saying, when I say don't be scared, I'm talking about don't let it immobilize you. Have courage. And the third thing that you have to do, you got to walk around the pen one more time. Following, not me, follow him. Follow your dad around the pen. I leaned over while Ty was talking, and I told Jason, I said, that's one of my points. Ty said, man, we got to follow. we got to follow God. You know what? Jesus time and time again said, come and follow me. When somebody asked him a question, he would say, come and see. He's not going to show you everything while you're sitting there afraid. He's going to ask you to step out in faith. He's going to say, come on, you got to walk with me before I show you. You got to follow God. You got to follow him. Too many times people want the guarantee. There is no guarantee except God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
He said, follow me. But too often, man, we let fear just immobilize us. We don't hang on. We bail off. We ba- you know, we can talk about it in church. Oh, yeah, trust God and everything. Well, you can trust God whenever the water is smooth, but smooth sailing never made a skillful sailor. Show me a cowboy that ain't never been bucked off, and I'll show you a cowboy that ain't rode very much. It's going to happen, Christians. You're going to have to hang on. You're going to have to overcome that fear, even if you've got a big old lump in your throat, and even if your eyes are filled with tears. You've got to have courage. If a nine-year-old little boy can have courage sitting on the, pack, and on the back of a thousand-pound animal, you big boys and girls can have courage to go through what you said or whatever you're going through. Our God will never leave you nor forsake you, but you'll have to follow him. got to follow him. In verse 31, it says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. If you hold on to what I'm telling you, folks, hang on to what I'm telling you. Don't give up. Don't be scared. Follow me. And then in verse 32, it says, Jesus says, Then. That is a powerful word. Do you see what he's saying right there? If you hold on, if you hang on to my teachings, you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, you locked up right now. You locked up because you've been just not hanging on. You've just been bailing off at a dead walk every time smallest problem comes on. I know I've been doing that here lately. I don't know why. It's because I'm dumb. It says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Griffin said, Dad, we ought not tell Mom about this. I said, oh, yeah. He said, yeah, you know, she get all kinds of scared, and then she'll be nervous every time I want to go ride. You know, it's just best sometimes if you just keep it between the boys. I said, you sure right, son. I said, so we ain't going to tell Mom about this? No, sir. All right, let's go into the house. Mom's probably got supper cooked. We ain't three feet inside that door, and Griffin says, Mom, that horse tried to bug me off. What are you doing? <laughs> he said, what? I said, I thought we wasn't going to tell her. I changed my mind. <laughs> Christy's the best mom in the world. If you are a mom or want to be a mom, pay attention to what I'm fixing to say because Christy made a big deal about it. Really? He said, yeah. She said, was it bucking hard? Yes, ma'am. And you wrote, you stood up there. I mean, she made a big deal out of it. That kid grew about this much in 45 seconds. You want to grow that much in about 45 seconds? Because here's what happened when he went in. Because then, because he was afraid, but he hung on. He was afraid, but he went ahead and stayed on. He even not just went around one more time, he offered to go around a second time. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And you know what? My little boy was set free that night, that evening. Because what he learned, even though it was real, real, real hard, all three of those things, he got freed from doubt, fear, and feeling like he was always alone. He hung on. There was a point in there that he didn't know if he's going to stay on that horse or not, but he did. He overcame that fear. And how many of us want so desperately to know that God is right there with us? He won't never leave us nor forsake us. A nine-year-old boy was set free from that. And what he got 
how he was set free, he grew in character. You could see it. He had confidence. And one of the most important things is he learned a little bit about courage. Is that what you want? Does that characterize your life right now? Good character, confidence, courage? Or do you feel lost, have a lot of fear, and a whole ton of doubt? Jesus said, if you hold tight to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That is available to each and every one of you today. Do you have what it takes? Yes, you do. But you've got a part to play in it. You've got to hang on. You've got to overcome that fear. And the third thing, you've got to follow God around the pen once, no, twice, no, for the rest of your life. You can do that today. I know a lot of you struggling. I know I've struggled. I know my family struggled, but we can all learn from this. Whatever you're going through right now, there's a promise. If you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We could all use a little setting free. Let's go to God in prayer right quick. God, I thank you for your message today. Help us to do just what you've told all of us to do this morning. God, I know that there's people out there hurting and struggling right now. And God, it's time for them to hang on and to overcome that fear and just to follow you and gain a whole passing of character and confidence and courage. God, give us the wisdom and the strength to do all of those things. And we thank you for who you are and what you've done. In your name I pray. Amen. Listen up. This is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. You want to hear the most exciting news since the invention of toilet paper? Save the Cowboy wants to start a church in your area. We have a new program called Save the Cowboy Line Camps, and if you've been wishing that there was a Save the Cowboy in your area, then God is probably laying it on your heart to help me start one. Just go to savethecowboy.com and you can email me for more information. This program was brought to you in its entirety due to the generous donation of Western LLC. They are a turnkey development company for the oil and gas and aviation industry. If you need it built to put something in, there ain't a better Christian value company to call on than them. Visit them at westernllc.com.